Welcome to Leaving a Legacy, a podcast focusing on the legacy format and the New England magic experience with your host, Adrian. I, and I think Tin Fins is just, um, it, it, maybe it's crack. And Jerry. I'm going to say two things to you right now, and they're going to contradict each other. Now we take you to the Red Room, where round one pairings have been posted. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 9 of Leaving a Legacy. I'm Adrian, or Mathematrixter, on Twitter. Uh, with me is Mr. Jerry Me. Hey, how's it going, everybody? So, Jerry, let me ask you, now that you passed your test, uh, you getting used to the new job? Yeah, see, with me, my thing is, so I don't have the waiter work memorized yet, so I use my GPS, but I only have one cigarette outlet in my car. Okay. So I, like, charge my GPS, and it's, like, half the day I can get there on the charge, but the other day I have to go charging the UP, uh, the GPS, so I can only listen to podcasts every other day right now. Uh, I might have something for you. Let oh, me... a splitter? Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a separate oh. lighter splitter. I didn't even know they made those. No, I, I have one. I don't know if I gave it to my stepson when he was going to Florida, because he drove down. Mm-hmm. I think he had two car outlets uh, in his car anyway, so I might still have it around. I'll see if I can find it, if I can find yeah. it and have it. Oh, that would be sweet. Thanks, dude. Yeah, I didn't even know they made those. Yeah, I got it once upon a time because I was hooking up like, I've hooked up, I've I've had shit hooked up in cars that's like, um, <laughs> I mean, you can, like, yeah, you can drive down the road watching fucking porn on your phone now. I couldn't do that before, <laughs> but I would go down the road, I had a power inverter, I had a, a 17-inch color TV on the passenger seat and a PlayStation <laughs> hooked up in the fucking center console. So yeah. I get to like a stop sign and I'd stop playing Gran Turismo. <laughs> that's too much. Yeah, that's a little fucking much. <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun. <coughs> fucking coughing. Hold on. Everyone's sick. Yeah, I know Josh got it too down in Jersey. Oh, really? Yeah, he was sick. We, we went... uh um, yeah, Saturday I had my son and, uh, they were gonna do a draft out in Spencer at that store that opened up with the two kids that opened it I was telling you about. New ownership type of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we're gonna do a draft out in Spencer. They were trying to figure out whether or not they were even gonna have enough people because there was an event going on in Boxborough, so if everybody was gonna go up there, they didn't want people to waste their time going out if they couldn't sanction it. They only had like three guys or something. And all day I kept asking them, well, you know, uh, how much is it and what time does it start? And like 5 p.m., 12 bucks. And I'm thinking like, well, Sunday I could do sealed for 15. And, um, which is a bit of a more drive. I was telling, and I'm probably still gonna go down to Ice Imports. I don't know if you actually, you got interest in that. Um, you know, I'll meet you in Worcester and drive you down there. But, uh. Well, on, uh, what, Wednesdays? No, Sunday night, Sunday. Sunday is, uh, sealed at Ice Imports. Oh, yeah, that one, that one you were saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just hard cause it's like, I, um, it's like the one Sunday where I just get to relax. Oh, okay. So, I think me and my friends are watching uh, the original Star Wars trilogy this Sunday. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, yeah, I'd be down to do that sometime. Yeah. Um, I was going to see if uh, Celso wanted to meet up down there. And, yeah. But he's he's out of state. Because um, I know he was talking in his article about uh, just focusing on Cubed and EDH, which are, like, two formats I don't play. <laughs> but, uh, I love Cube and I love both of those. I would, I, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to Cube if I had seven friends. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's the biggest thing is Cube. Well, um, there's a way. Have you heard of grid drafting? No. 
Uh, grid drafting is a way to draft a cube when you only have two people. Um, so you lay, uh, so you take, uh, 80 cards, mm-hmm. uh, and you lay them in a three by three grid, so kind of like a binder page. Okay, yep. So you divide it up, uh, evenly so that it's a stack of cards. Yep. And what you do is you can, you choose either diagonal, straight across, like columns or rows. Okay. So, uh, say like the top three is like Jace, Force of Will, Mox Sapphire, and then it's like Moat, Source of Plowshares, Sarkin Ball, Sword of Fire and Ice, uh, you know, Soul Ring, Black Lotus, and you can choose, you know, either the, the first column and get the Jace and Black Lotus, or you can choose the row and get all the blue bombs. Okay. So you can choose those, pick those three, and then once you pick those three, you flip over the card underneath it so it's a fresh uh, one underneath, but the cards that you didn't pick are still left over. Hmm. It's called uh, grid drafting. Now, so, and what, what does each person just take a turn? Yep. So yeah, you, so yeah, that's the other thing is you see what your opponent's drafting too. So okay. you just take turns going back and forth, picking rows, columns, or the diagonal, uh, and just you know picking and uh, sculpting your deck that way. You know, uh, so then you have to decide. It's like, well, I really want this card, but it's in a, a row and column where like I can only use this card, and the other two are dead picks. But is this card good enough that I don't mind getting two dead picks to, in order to get this card? Or so uh, I can uh, take three okay cards and then miss out on this one bomb card. Out, out of question, just out of functionality. If you if you draft that way, mm-hmm. um, aren't you likely to have more cards left over in the center and the ones on the corners being done first? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of fluid. You kind of um, you can add more cards. You can stop early. Okay. Uh, you could break a tall stack down into the. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, it's super casual. It's not like set in how it is. Like, sometimes we'll play and we're like, you know, neither one of us has a really sweet deck, so let's just, you know, you want to add like 20 more cards. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, draft those again just to try and, you know, beef it up a little bit. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it's not, you know, ideal, but it's definitely a good way to cube with it when you only have two people. Yeah, see, I'm... I'm at that age where really all I do now is go to work and then come home and set up a magic deck. <laughs> so I used to, I used to have a lot of friends I hung around with, and uh, and at that point I wasn't playing magic, man. But <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of lucky with uh, Mike and Dan. They you know live right down the street from me, so we can always just hang out. But even then, it's like we play cards maybe like once every two weeks, and they live down the street from me. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's hard. I mean, that's why I like Moto is just you can get that fix whenever you want. And I thought about that. I was listening earlier to, um, you know, actually, yeah, I was listening to Heavy Metal and I was trying to figure out how I would go about applying to be a beta tester, just because then I could come home and fuck around with some standard cards and see if I wanted to play standard at all. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. And I know, and and that was kind of one of the other things too from. Well, all right. So now, now I got two things on my fucking mind. One, the kid that actually lives next door to me plays magic. Mm-hmm. And when I moved in, it was this was kind of funny, man. I, I we moved a little while ago to this other. I live in another apartment now um, because it was cheaper and the heat was included, and that was a big fucking deal. Um, but when I moved in, the day I was moving in, I'm coming up the stairs, and uh, this kid's outside smoking a bunny. He's like, "Oh, what's going on, Adrian?" I'm like, "Oh, how you doing?" 
And he's like, oh, you moving in next door? I'm like, yeah. He goes, ah, oh, sweet. And then I came in and put some stuff down, whatever. And and then I was talking to Lita later on. I'm like, I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> and, yeah. and and I was talking to my stepson. And he's like, well, it, it's Tim. He um, Apparently, I played, apparently, I must have played standard with him out in that store in Spencer that I was telling you about. Yeah. Now, I could probably count on one hand the number of times I played standard. So it's kind of funny, like, that I played standard with this kid once, but he remembers me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, that, to me, that's kind of funny, but, um, and then I've talked to him a little bit more, and he might have, I think he might have gone to do F and M a couple of times or whatever. Um, he went to school with my stepson, and I guess that's why I stood out to him when I was playing. Yeah. St- standard. And, uh, but he plays casually. Like, and, and some of my stepson's friends will play with him. And that's kind of why I started playing again was because my stepson started playing. And then I remembered how much I liked it and just went right to Legacy. And um, so, like, the, this kid next door, him and some of his friends will go over and play that. And he's, he'll, tell, he'll tell me about the deck that he's making or, you know, whatever. And, and uh, I'll tell him about what I'm going to play Sunday down at TE. And uh, so, like, right now he's making a Tron deck that uses, like, all these different red cards from like I don't know, um, not yeah maybe New Phyrexia or whatever, and a whole lot of artifacts with it. Some sort of like mirror stuff and like things that I just don't things that don't see play to me, you know. But he was all excited. His his girl got him a an Emrakul and an Eye of Ugin, and mm-hmm. uh, and so he starts doing this like so. Then his buddy put together an elf deck, and then. So the only chance I've really had to play with anybody around where I'm not going to TE, and that's why playing at TE means so much to me, is mm-hmm. because I, I want to play all day, because I don't get the chance to play all week. Like, maybe, right. maybe Josh and Nick get to play test some games throughout the week, and I'm, I'm a little envious. I wish I got the chance to, you know what I mean? But, like, I get to yeah. get to the wife, um, Friday I get to grab my son, um, so all I really get to do all week is play in the deck that I want to play Sunday. Yeah. And... uh so these guys come over. Um, the kid next door and one of his friends come over, and he's got his artifact deck, and his other buddy's got his elf deck. And we do a little one-on-one. And what I have built is Modern Gorio's Vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, I like your elf deck. Uh, you're dead on turn one. <laughs> like, yeah. That, that too. I mean, it's also... It, it, even, even, like, power level, I noticed, was just... Uh, uh, like skill level. So I, one of my friends is the same way. He's like super casual. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, doesn't use sleeves on his cards. Like he'll buy, buy packs here and there. And, uh, I would go over and, uh, I would just like, all right, we'll, we'll play with my decks cause they're not matching up. Like we did a little of his decks and now we'll do my decks. And I gave him my legacy bug list and I played modern storm. Okay. And even though he was running like, you know, force of wills and brainstorms and I was running serum visions and, uh, uh, Pyromancer's Ascensions, I was still crushing him just because, like, the skill level isn't there. Yeah, he wasn't used to seeing what's out of your deck either, and, and by the time he is, the game's over. Yeah. Right, he doesn't know, you know, what spells to count or anything and, like that. But I do love, like, borrowing casual players' decks because once you become a competitive player, you can never really truly make a casual deck ever again. 
even even I, I, I even competitive player decks are you know the their casual deck their EDH decks are still like super powered and highly <laughs> tuned. It's like because a competitive player can recognize a bad card and they'll never play a bad card. Whereas casual players are like, oh, Crawworm, yeah, I'll play that. Right, right, right. Okay, and I see. I'll still play bad cards, but even when I make an EDH deck, it's usually ridiculous. Yeah, like, I think I, I did. I tell you about the last EDH deck I made, the Inception, well, the Inception deck. Yeah, well, even when you say like bad cards, you mean like crazy cards that are you know not tournament playable, but they they do cool things. Like when I say casual players play bad cards, I mean like they're playing Hill Giant Dot Deck. Okay, all right. Like, not even just, like, crazy yeah. cards, just, like, these are bad, like, sub-optimal cards. They have printed cards that are just straight up, you know, better than these cards. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the, um, I know the, the last Commander deck I made was from, uh, I don't know if it was from, uh, it couldn't have been Commander Cast. I don't think there even is a Commander Cast, but if so, I probably wouldn't have been listening to that. So it's probably, like, Judge Cast, and, and they were probably talking about an Inception deck where... That I ended up making, it was, it, part of the point to the deck was to really cast Shaharazad, fork it, uh, reverberate a beacon of immortality, and get into an infinite loop with Sensei's Divining Top. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was actually, other, other, I mean, the deck was fun. Well, you, you know, and I taught my stepson, he, he had a deck that had, you know, Nibmizic Curiosity. Like, we would make these, these powerful combo-based EDH decks. Um, but that's, as soon as I started getting back into Magic, um, you know, I gravitated to the decks that I knew from when I used to play. So I put together, like, the Thrall deck with Lord of the Pits and, and um, Nether Shadows in it and Breeding Pit. Because that was, that was what I remembered from when I was a kid, that where that power level was fun. You know, but then, like, as I started playing a little bit more, now me and my stepson are at the kitchen table playing High Tide versus Elves. Completely right. different level. Um, yeah, Exactly. All right, so when I started playing again, it was like just towards the end of uh, Mirrored and Besieged, or what, yeah, whatever that set was. I think it was Mirrored and Besieged with the fast lands from Skies and Shadow Skies and Mirrored and whatever the hell it was. Yeah, yeah. So like right towards the end of that set, when Innistrad was dropping, that's when I started playing again. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I started drafting because I could get the Legacy singles for twenty percent off, and could try to start playing Legacy. Yeah, and um. When I figured out, you know, I had my iPhone and everything then. When I figured out what podcasts were, I started yep. trying to find magic podcasts. And and that's how I ended up finding Crazy Talk. And Crazy Talk was the only legacy podcast that I knew of. Yeah, not very many legacy podcasts exist in general. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's, there's a cute one, Legacy Breakfast, out of uh, the United Kingdom I was telling you about. Right, yeah. Um, hey, do you hear some music? Do you hear that? Did you hear some music in? Yeah. Radio up or something. Yeah. What? What? What is that? It. It, it sounds like the eighties. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh, <laughs> is that Frankie? <laughs> hey guys, what's up? Oh, oh damn! It's the Godfather of Legacy podcast. Oh man, I did not <laughs> expect this to happen. Oh, how's How's it going, man? It's. It's. I'm doing well. Oh, Frankie! Wow, we got a surprise. I, I heard you guys were doing a legacy podcast, and I, somehow I had to be part of it. Oh, Frankie! I, I mean, they they told us that we had to play, pay like reparations and, and stuff like that. I, I didn't know they were serious though. But I mean, are, are you here to collect? 
Yeah, yeah, you can p- put the check in the mail. <laughs> we'll take care of the rest. <laughs> Just uh, Tarmogoyf and a couple hundred dollars in uh, untraceable Canadian bills. <laughs> I hope you don't mind, Frankie. I've been playing Burns, so i got to, like, shake out my nickels. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, man, we'll, we'll take we'll, we take any form of currencies. <laughs> <laughs> you don't take fraud monies, do you? <laughs> no, that we don't. <laughs> just just loonies and deweys. Cardboard or crack. Um, <laughs> good, good. I mean, we have plenty of both. Hey, <laughs> I don't know if I have plenty of both. <laughs> I'm kind of running low on cardboard. Oh, but tin fins is crack. Yeah, exactly. Well, for our listeners at home, you may have uh, heard him on the A Team. Uh, you may have heard him on Heavy Meta. Uh, <laughs> going way heard. back. <laughs> they would not have going heard way him on back. The yeah, master of master of crazy talk. Uh, we have Frankie Richard on the show tonight. Hey, hey how you how's doing, it going? Hey, I'm doing good. <laughs> oh, oh. Now, I was just telling Jerry when when I like, all right, it's no secret. Um, a huge fucking crazy talk fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're you're our biggest fan. You know, like maybe the last remaining fan. You know? Well, I was I was just I was just talking to Jerry. It was it was funny because when I I only started I used to play Magic and then stopped at like Fallen Empires and then started again with Innistrad. And um, I did I did something similar basically. Did you, it sounded like on Crazy Talk, like you had just picked up a full set of dual lands and was bathing in them or something. Yeah, well, I, I, um, like I, I was playing like during those like early days of like Fallen Empires and that, all that stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, I got pretty serious about it then, and I was just like 16 years old, and but like I, I had like I had like eight of the power nine. Oh. And like I was like really into it, mm-hmm. but then like I high school ended, and then I was going to college, and like all of my friends that I used to play with were kind of like moving on to other things. So I I quit the game. Then I sold all my cards. Okay. And uh, and then like uh, it was around morning tide. I got a message on Facebook from one of the guys that I used to play with. He's like, "Hey, do you want to come play? Uh, we're doing a sealed tournament." I and like back then there were no sealed tournaments or anything. You know, like limited didn't exist when <laughs> when I used to play. So oh yeah, back with Fallen Empires. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, cuz if you've drafted those sets it's terrible. Yeah. We got yeah, yeah, like they weren't designed for this. Like right. they co- they they just like they invent, invent, invented limited later. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, so like I I like I it was kind of out of the blue. I got the invitation to go play again. And once I started playing again, I was I was hooked again. And yeah. like the, the game like the game improved massively, you know, from the early days, you know, because like they use like like at first they made like the super powerful card. It was it wasn't really balanced, <laughs> and then they saw that like these cards were too powerful, so they made like a lot of shitty sets, like yeah, I, fires I and uh, homelands, and like they were kind of like. And like at that point, like that's where I kind of lost interest, you know. Like, 
a little bit like like the same thing happens, you know, when like they do something like uh, like when they like if I would have started around uh, maybe like onslaught and something, and then when they come out with something like Kamigawa, mm -hmm. like some like if the set don't the, the doesn't deliver, like you you might drop the game, you know. Yep, you actually just hit the nail on the head with my experience. Uh, first set I ever played was Onslaught. I actually started on the uh, Legion's pre-release, and then Kamigawa came out, which synced up perfectly for when I was going to college, so I kind of went through that same thing where I didn't really... I wanted to focus on other things, and Kamigawa was such a terrible set that I put it down, and I didn't pick it back up again until Innistrad. Yeah, yeah, and like me, I started again... Uh, around uh, at morning tide, and mm -hmm. like, but like ever, like when after that they made shards and like the like at, like the, yeah, from when I started, yeah, from when I started playing again, like it's like every year they were beating the previous year, you know, and like I think they're still like some people didn't like Theros as much, but like I thought it was a, I thought it was a good block, you know, like there's there's some hit and misses, but it's still. It's still good, like a yeah. good set, you know, but... It, uh, it's it's solid. It was just a slump, because they were on just, like, a hot streak, because they went Innistrad, Rat... Well, even before that, they you know, Mirrodin Besiege was really popular. New Phyrexia was incredibly powerful into Innistrad, which was huge flavor points and gave us, you know, Liliana and Geist of St. Traft and Snapcaster Mage uh, into Ravnica, which with the uh, Shocks and Deathrite Shaman and Supreme Verdict, and then Theros, yeah, Abrupt Decay. Like, I feel... Uh, the legacy playable cards are really what makes it because when you talk about those really popular uh, sets and the popular cards in them, they're the eternal playable cards just because they're so popular that, of course, they're playable internal, which they just dominate standard. And Theros just didn't really have much of that. Like what just thought sees. Yeah, well, I mean, Thotsies doesn't even count because it's a reprint. Yeah, like, but the, it's a the, reprint from $80 to 20 Yeah, but it's like <laughs> when, when your best Eternal card is a reprint, that's not saying much okay. for the block. All right, all right. Like me, the, like the thing is, like me, I play, like I still play a lot of limited. I play standard as well. And like I, I don't, like I don't think like those sets are, like there's there's multiple ways to evaluate a set. And like I... Like I think, like if if uh, Return to Ravnica was a home run, then uh, or like let's say Return to Ravnica was a grand slam, and like uh, Theros was just a home run, you know? Okay. Yeah, right. I mean Theros was still good. I mean it's definitely no homelands. So you so all right. I was actually curious. You know, I know uh, Frank. You play vintage, right? Yeah, I do. And I know you well, play Legacy. I didn't realize you actually did Standard. Also, do you even do Modern too? Yeah, I play all the formats basically. Oh yeah, well, you do EDH. Yeah, EDH, uh, Cube. Uh, Well-rounded then. <laughs> Popper EDH, uh, you you name it. <laughs> <laughs> Popper EDH, man, just uh, you're reaching too. Shit. <laughs> I I play casual. I play like I have like uh, we're a bunch of my friends. Okay, we have a league that we run, and it's like every set that comes out. We'll buy like ten boosters each. Yep. And then like what we do is like we kind of like have this sub collection of card that like we'll only trade and build from within that subsection. You know, so it's not about like sure who has the money. You know, it's yep. about like what you open, what you can trade. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty fun. Yeah, so that's that's actually sounds you know we there was a few of us here that would do um you know after, uh, Bush was talking about anti league for a bit. And I yeah. so I was trying to do anti league with a couple of the guys, and we were doing that for a little bit when a set would come out, you know, something to do between rounds and stuff. But we were just talking about it uh, before you before you kicked in the door, that um, we were just talking about how it's kind of difficult. Like we play a lot of legacy, or uh, Jerry plays. I I I like playing sealed, um, and I'll draft sometimes. Legacy is just I, I have the most fun with Legacy Because when I played years ago When I started playing again I could go back to the cards That I used to play when I was a kid In this format So that was just right where I went to And and um, we were talking about How it's a little bit You know, I got a kid that lives next door That plays Magic But we have a hard time playing together Because like, all his decks are kind of casual And then like I break out tin fins <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. There's, it's no match for one. Is no match for the other. <laughs> so it's uh, it, and it's kind of weird to like try to scroll myself back. Yeah, it, I find it very, you know, quirky the way competitive players will try and handicap themselves because once you're in the competitive mindset, you can never go back to that uh casual player a competitive player will never make a bad deck again just because they know what else is out there and they know what their options are whereas casual players love playing hill giants and craw worms because they don't know any better uh so i think it's so funny the different formats that competitive players will come up with like so me and my friends are doing something where uh we proxied up the sets from alpha to alliances and we can only make constructed decks uh using those sets as a way to, you know, rein in the power level so we're not making these, you know, uber-powerful uh, legacy decks or uh, what have you. It's just keeping it to the basic, you know, raw fun that Magic was back in its early days. Yeah, that's... I find that's very interesting. Like, there's there's a few stores, like, in... Uh, that that do something similar. I think they call it Classic or something, and... Yeah, it's like 94 League 2, I think there's another one. Yeah, there's different like there's different ways of like restricting it and then just going back to those old formats. Or I also it's, remember Oops, sorry, Frankie. I remember there I uh SCG a little while ago, they did a feature of it at one of the opens, some guys showed up and what they had done is they had gone around collecting all the uh so the box toppers that used to come in booster boxes when the set was first released, there was like oversized cards and they would just print, you know, the some of the key cards from that and they've been doing it for a while. So they had gone around collecting all these oversized cards and they only made decks with these oversized cards as a way to, you know, restriction breeds creativity. So it was really cool. Uh, it's called Big Magic and they're like basically about the size of a comic book and they would just play with these massive, massive uh cards. Uh, so it's just, you know, all these examples of players playing these, you know, restrictive formats as a way to just get the creative juices flowing. So, you know, always staying active with it. Right. So, I know I'm not familiar with Vintage, but tell me, tell me about Eternal Weekend. Did you get to do, I mean, Legacy Champs was going on down there too, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, they were doing Legacy Champs on the Saturday and it was Vintage Champs on the, on the the Sunday, basically. Did you do both? <coughs> no, I only played in the vintage one, basically. And what were you playing in that? Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, um, I was playing like I was kind of play. Like, I was playing a kind of like a hybrid deck between like it was basically Young Paromancer 
with uh, the Vault Key combo <laughs> and the uh, Blight Steel Colossus. <laughs> <laughs> Nice, yeah. Vintage, just let me throw one of all the really cool cards together and call it a deck. That's so, that's sweet. That's sweet. Uh, how'd you do in the uh, How'd you do in the tournament? It started out very well because I won the first <laughs> the first three rounds. Yeah, and it's like what what I liked about my tournament also is that I played against real decks only, so I didn't lose to some random standard deck or yeah. <laughs> or something crazy. So at least. At least there's that. But, like, I played against, um, uh, what's it called? Workshop. I, I played against Shop. Yeah. Then yeah. Dredge and then Merfolk. And I won those three. And then I lost the next five, <laughs> five or four. <laughs> Dredge. So it went, it went downhill from there. But, like, I've, like, the thing is, like, it was the first time I played, uh, I played Legacy in paper, uh, I mean Vintage in paper. That's what I was curious about. How long you been playing Vintage? It was, like, I've, like, I, I played, like, I played a while back, you know, when I was a kid, I had the power, <laughs> so I was, back then, like, Vintage was the only format, basically. Right. Type, so type I played one, then, two. but, like, it took me, like, when I started playing again around Morning Tide, like, I got into Magic kind of, like, gradually. Mm-hmm. At one point, I said, okay, I'll, I want to play, like, I want to be able to play Legacy if I want, so I'm going to get the duels, you know? Yep. And then from there, like, I, I built up my Legacy collection, and then when I was kind of done with Legacy, I said, okay, well, maybe I'll, I'll want to play Vintage someday. So I started, like... Uh, buying uh, the power like a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. first, the first piece of of power that I bought was actually a uh, mock sapphire that uh, Alexander Ain won in uh, Europe at oh, the Bazaar okay. of Moxen just oh, yeah. after he won the Pro Tour. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so he came back with a mox and I bought it from him. So that was the first piece that I got, mm-hmm. and uh, I ended up getting. I ended up getting the last two pieces, which were Mox Pearl and Mox Ruby. I bought them from uh, Durfington. Okay, very cool. Which you, which you might know from Twitter. Yeah. And uh, and the rest of the rest of the stuff, okay, I bought it from Star City Games. Oh, okay, really? So full retail. <laughs> the thing is, like, if you buy a slightly paid, uh, slightly played piece of power from Star City Games. I can swear that like it's gonna be in really good condition. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. them and Channel like Fireball. The, that's what I really like about them. Yeah, so the, like uh, some of them I bought near mint, and some of them I bought slightly played, and you can barely tell the difference between the near mints and the slightly played. Right, and it and with powers and, where that matters huge. Yeah, exactly. Mostly played and slightly played is hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars. So I, and like, I bought like a huge chunk. They were doing like, um, like a Christmas sale or something. So I got like 15% off or something. But like, oh, shit. When, when it's like, uh, when you're buying power, like 15% off is huge. Yeah. <laughs> even, even just getting into, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier when I started playing Magic again, it was during Innistrad and I would go down to a store down the road about a half hour away and draft. And they did a thing where if you were drafting, if you were registered for the draft, you get 20% off singles. So I'd go down there and get like an underground C for 80 bucks instead of 100. 
And the guys I'm drafting with are like, oh man, Legacy's so expensive. And I'm, but I'm watching these guys like buy Bonfire the Damned for 60 and sell it for 3. And, and meanwhile, yeah. the Underground Sea is going to like 200. I'm like, I don't know, man. I think, I think Standard's probably expensive. Uh, it, it's crazy to think that when Bonfire of Dam, Bonfire of the Damned was, you know, the hot card in Standard, Underground Seas were going for like $120. Yeah. Just how much the balloon has inflated in the, the last year or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the only piece of power I've ever owned was, uh, senior year of high school, I bought a time walk for $200, uh, and then I sold it freshman year of college for $400 to buy textbooks. And I never cast it once. It's my one regret. <laughs> I never actually cast it. Oh, that's too bad. It's, it's really fun to cast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear, I hear it's pretty good. <laughs> you, you tinker your colossus, you time it off and you kill them. That's, I love that's that you're the playing, dream, man. Yeah, I love that you're playing like young pyromancer, tinker, so I can just picture like your opponent, <laughs> like you have like a bunch of tokens in play, and your opponent goes, pyroclasm, I got you, and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, you got me. Tinker, blade steel. <laughs> Deal with that now. <laughs> the deck, oh. the deck was alright, but, um like, when I was playing the, uh, the young pyromancer mirror, it's kinda like, it was, it was weird because like they like their pyromancers were way better than mine, and like I lost the two games I played against uh, Young Pyro. Oh really? Yeah. So uh, like it's kind of like it was like an experiment a, a little bit at the same time, you know, like getting into the format and like trying out a few things. And I I bought the power online, but like I haven't. I haven't played that. Like I've like there's a few times I wanted to play and like the daily didn't fire. So anyway, yeah, I, Legacy was the real winner of Vintage Masters, which is kind of ironic because people have been cl- you know clamoring for a Legacy Masters for a while. They gave us Vintage Masters, and pe- the Legacy players just kind of uh, took that over, and made it their own. Uh, I, I honestly just think they made. They did a good job of keeping the allure of power, but it was almost too good of a job. It's too hard to get power that people aren't even bothering to get it. And because of that, you know, the prices are plummeting online. Uh, as the moxes are down to $50, $60 a piece. I haven't yeah. really checked, like, if my investment, like, how bad the, like, cause I bought, like, I bought them, like, uh, at the beginning of the summer, basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, I haven't really checked if, uh, if I sh- I should have waited and so on, you know. But anyway, yeah, it's I don't hard care to tell. Like I have them now, and like I'm I'm never getting rid of them. So right, right. It's it's good to have. I mean, that's kind of how I felt. I used Vintage Masters to buy into Legacy online, so I can just t- play test Legacy all I want. Uh, and I lost money because I bought, you know, a little too soon. I I figured they they uh, bottomed out, uh, but then. Wizards, I guess, really wanted to push it, so they've just been releasing uh, Vintage Masters over and over again online, and it's really been driving the prices down. But I'm confident that the prices are just going to go up over time because the same thing yeah, happened with the, with the yeah the Masters Edition packs. You know, they were super cheap when they came out in those, and then right before Vintage Masters, prices were crazy online. Not as crazy as paper, but still pretty expensive for digital objects. Like in the long run, everything's going to go up eventually. You know, exactly. So, Frankie, do you play Legacy in paper too? Like I, I 
technically I play, but, <laughs> but <laughs> in theory I play, but uh, I haven't played. Uh, it's been a long time since I since I've played. Basically, just just didn't have the opportunity. And I think like the the scene has kind of died out in in Montreal. Like there there used to be like uh, a legacy. Like the big store you probably know is face to face games, and oh, course, used yeah. to have like a weekly legacy on Tuesday, and apparently nobody goes there anymore. Oh, oh that's too bad. And yeah. I think I think they still do a monthly that like they'll do a monthly legacy, and like that gets like that gets like a decent attendance. Uh, but uh, I haven't I haven't been in a while. Hmm. Any and, any uh, I, I didn't go I didn't go to New Jersey so. Yeah, I know. I was wondering I if was... you, I was wondering if you were going to be down there, man. <laughs> if there was anybody I would have walked around through 4,000 people looking for, it would have been you. <laughs> Adrian was like a kid in the candy shop at GP New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was That's... actually, I was, I was talking to, uh, you know, we, we get to play every Sunday. We get, uh, what, what do we have last week anyway? 25 to 32 people uh... or something. We had 26 was the final number on Sunday. Yeah, so we we get a number of people every week. We're usually we're able to fire off Legacy every week. The the store does every Sunday as Legacy, and then the last Sunday of the month they do Modern. So the last Sunday of the month, uh, most of the guys just don't show up, and that's like this Sunday I'm probably going to go play Sealed instead at a different store because I'm not a I'm I'm not a huge fan of Modern. There's something with like the thing with Legacy for me is um. I love learning the interaction between the decks, and Legacy has a whole lot of interaction on the stack, and and I don't really get that in Standard. You know, a couple of times I played Standard, my buddy gave me a deck, and it was, you know, I just drop small little white creatures and attack, and that kind of felt boring. I kind of spell everything they do, and then cast Sphinx's Revelation. That kind of felt boring. And, like, Modern has kind of felt the same way. Like, I like to play Goryeo's Vengeance as inconsistent as it is. It's the only thing that feels, like, that it has that power for me. It, whereas, like, every time I sit down, I'm, I'm looking at, like, just another pile of affinity. And I'm like, ah, this is not really the thing for me, you know? It would, um, so we're lucky we're able to get it to fire off every Sunday. And I was asking, you know, a lot of the guys we play with, it's, um, if, if somebody is, like, a pro, writes articles, top eight somewhere, these guys know who they are. I don't, because I, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not big, like, I don't have premium on Star City Games because, um, I don't know that I'd want to take the time to read the articles, really. But I listen to a lot of podcasts. So, like, you know, I asked one of the guys that we play with, I'm like, do you know Frankie Rashad? And he's like, no, no idea. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but, like, five minutes later, we're talking about a different topic. He's like, yeah, you know, down at Grand Prix, I was playing against Alexander Hayne for pro points. And I'm like, that's so funny. Like, that's, there's only one reason. <laughs> the only reason I know who he is is because he was on Crazy Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Small world, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, you guys must have bred something there. Yeah, it, it is kind of funny uh, thinking back uh, how players that you just know from the scene you hang out with, and then all of a sudden they make a name for themselves. Uh, so do you still hang out with uh, Alex Hang a, a bit, Frankie, or do you keep in touch with him? Yeah, well, uh, we've, like, we, we, we've... Like it's been a while because like he's been traveling a lot lately, so it's been a while that we hung out. But uh, like if 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 there's a thing that because like I I ran into him in G, at GP Ottawa last weekend and uh, how was like, that? We're, we're still we're still friends, but like it their their schedule gets a bit hectic, you know. So yeah. like sometimes you see them more, sometimes you see them less. Yeah, past diverge, converge again. 
but like uh and like last year we went to Vegas like it uh we w- I went to Vegas with him basically last year so for the Vegas Grand Prix Yeah yeah we got to spend some time there and it, it was really fun and Alex like Alex like he's one of the best uh, traveling partners I that I <laughs> that I've had cuz like he's always he he's always on and he's always like trolling and <laughs> <laughs> A yes man, he's always down, you know, hey, you want to do this? Yes, I don't care what it is. <laughs> we were like, we were credit card gaming the whole weekend. Oh, and- <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I think I think I heard that for the first time on the A-Team and it ruined me because <laughs> now I play with my friends and I've lost way more than I've won. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, but I'm, I was surprised to hear that uh, you're uh, really getting into vintage now and that legacy is dying out uh, up in Montreal. It is is vintage doing well up where you are, or is it just because uh, you're at Eternal yeah, now? Okay. Yeah, vintage is not really doing much here, but yeah. you know, I figured like uh, I, I if I go to Eternal weekend, like I get to play once a year, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like you know, like now that I have the cards, like, I can I can look out for it more. You know, I th- I think there's like some. Like there's something like upstate New York and yeah. things like that that I I could maybe attend, but uh, right so, now, so all right, I'm already doing the math here. So your son must be 16 now, right? Yep. All right, and and th- is he playing Magic at all? Yeah, he plays a little bit. He's uh, like I I don't really want him to kind of like spend his money on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm kind of holding him back at the same time. Alright. But like, uh, when, like, what, what I like to do is like, when he comes over during, uh, pre-release weekend, like, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll always go if we can, you know, and mm-hmm. we had like, um, a few weeks back, we, uh, I had it like, with some of my casual friends that we play like the league thing, and we also play a lot of EDH. Yeah. We had like this whole weekend where we like, we did like, um, we did like a multiplayer cube. Okay. Uh, we did uh, a popper cube, and then we played like a whole bunch of EDH. Yeah, that sounds cool. Like I brought him along for that because we needed him as the eight man for the draft. And, yeah. And uh, he, yeah, he plays a little bit. And when uh, when Cons of Tarkir came out, he was really into uh, Mardu. Oh yeah. So, okay. uh, he, he asked uh, he asked me to build him a to build him a, a Mardu deck basically. Mm-hmm. Nice. And uh, so, but like it's kind of like it's a casual deck more more than anything. Yeah. And it's it's built around uh, Mardu Ascension. Now, does he uh, does he go to stores with you and stuff too for tournaments at stores? Yeah, yeah. We'll do the pre-release at the okay. store. If like if he comes over and like uh, we don't have anything planned like because like a lot of time because like he lives with his mother and he comes on the weekend yeah like maybe like every uh, every other week you know okay and it like some like when he comes over often like we'll have like family stuff like visiting my parents and things okay. like that yeah. but if there's no if there's no conflict like some we'll try to play magic okay and we'll go to store tournaments and things like that. Yeah. See, sometimes my, do sometimes we'll do F and M and mm-hmm. yeah. My my son's twelve and uh, he lives with his mother. He's with me every weekend and and I started to he started to play magic with me when I started playing again 
And, um, you know, now, so here's my 12-year-old son. Now, we're at the kitchen table, and we're playing Elves versus High Tide. And uh, he loves Omni Show. Um, and, like, sometimes I'll bring him to the tournaments. We'll do Sealed. We'll do Draft. And, and he'll do some, like, some... He'll make some actually really uh, interesting game plays. Where, like, you know, I, one of the Draft to Sealed events, he, like... Act of treasoned his, op- uh, his opponent's creature and then had a sack outlet for it too. And the guy was floored because this little 12 year old's just like schooling him on the table. <laughs> and, um, but th- there's a certain point where like I'll bring him to some of these events and sometimes, you know, a lot of the times at the events you get some magic players that are over 18 usually. And even though it's a kid's card game and, uh, the language goes to a point where like, I don't know that I want to bring him home to his mother saying that stuff. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. So Mom, what's a gets... Jobin? <laughs> well, it's, it's not even that. Sometimes it's worse. <laughs> next time, Jerry, next time, like, that, alright, let me, alright, so let me ask you this, Frankie, because we got into, the, we were having a discussion earlier. We were playing Legacy Sunday, and, um, I was actually playing, uh, Patriot Stoneblade, and my opponent was playing, um, Bug Delver. And we, actually, the first round, Geez, both. I'm so used to tin fins, which is just a quick deck. It's it's over one way or the other. Either either I won or lost, but it's done fast, and I can smoke half a pack. Um, but like <laughs> it's char, it's Charbelcher with Grizzlebrand. <laughs> yeah. So so we were so I started playing uh, Patriot Stoneblade, and my first match is against Bug. We go to time, and it's a draw because like we started game three when the judge called time. So now I go to round two, and I'm pay, I'm playing against Bug again, and now we go to time. And the guy, like, he, I don't know what he was, like, he showed me his cards or something. Like, he wanted me to scoop to him. And I'm like, yeah, I don't scoop, dude. Like, I don't, like, I, like, I, all week I just want to play. So when I go there Sunday, I want to play. I want to play it out. And when it gets to top four, everybody normally cuts. I want to just make them play it through anyway because I just want to play. And, um, and, and I don't. I don't really scoop to people. And, like, this guy was upset. And I don't know if, like, you remembered some of the words he was using, Jerry. Yeah. But I, so, I don't know that I'd want my son going home with that either. Yeah. So to, <laughs> to kind of rephrase it, so I, I was sitting right next to Adrian as this as this all went down. But uh, it was round two. They were in the draw bracket. And round two, they draw again, which knocks them both out of contention for prizes. And Adrian's opponent basically got in his face a little bit and just said, so are you going to scoop to me? Uh, you know, there's no point in uh, us, you know, both getting knocked out. One of us should at least have a chance of going on. I have the upper hand here, so you should scoop to me. You're being a, you know, a bad player, a bad person by not scooping to me. And Adrian, you know, I think you did the right thing by holding your ground and just saying that, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to scoop to you. But, Frankie, what's your opinion just as far as etiquette goes in scooping in? Not a friend, not, you know, uh, someone that you know, but just a random player because it'll knock you both out. Would you scoop your opponent in uh, to give them a chance at going on? Or would you just say, you know, zero-sum game, we're both out? Like, the thing is, like... If you're scooping to him, at the same time, you're kind of like, if if he makes prizes, then there's going to be someone else that doesn't make prizes, right? Right. right. So it's kind of like, it, it, it's, it's, it's kind of a gray area to me. And it's like me, like, maybe I'll scoop to the guy, because like, that's just like the way I feel. But, uh, like, I wouldn't blame anyone for doing, like, one way or the other. Like, you you can choose, like, 
You don't right. have to scoop to anyone. Right, right. Even it, your mom, you know, and she's <laughs> gonna pop eight and you're gonna knock her out, man. Nah, mom, dream crush, dream crush. Yeah, you can dream crush your mom, man. It's, it's, it's a legal play. <laughs> you may be running out of the will, but you can do it. <laughs> no, I, I, I Might I, not I'm... be a good play long term. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, the way someone put it to me is, you know, there's no scooping someone in because every time you scoop someone in, you're scooping someone else out. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, so the only time I'll ever scoop to people is if it's my friend and I, I know them, uh, or I'm just trying to, you know, uh, stack up good karma. If my opponent, you know, was really sportsmanlike, you know, was a generally nice person, uh, I'll scoop them in for the karma. Yeah, there's sometimes there's great people I play against. It's just like, I mean, particularly, that was just like one of those games where, I, I like, all we did the whole game was like, I'd play a threat, he'd answer it. He'd play a threat, I'd answer it. It was just so back and forth. Like, if it's something that's obviously one-sided and all we are is like five seconds short, then like, that's one thing. But that's not what it was. Yeah, like, it was definitely at a standstill. He definitely did not go about it the right way because he got heated. He was not happy that it came to a draw. Well, I think, I think rule number one might have helped him out. I don't know. Maybe rule number two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, uh, yeah so. those those help out a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Both well, I'll, I'll tell you what he ended up doing was rule number three, man. He just left. Yeah, he, yeah. he, 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 he got, scooped up like, his cards and he left. He's like, well, I'm not scooping to you. I'm like, that's all right, bro. I'm not yeah. asking you to. He says, I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, man. Well, good uh, for him. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but then I'm like, you know, and... and my thing is, like, I really like to encourage people to show up and play. Like, we got a lot of great guys that, that come and play, and it's we got a lot of guys that I just like to see every Sunday, um, because it's 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 a it's a cool time, you know, and uh, yeah, and I'd like to see more people show up. What I don't want to see is more people show up with a deck that takes an hour to win, and like like we all right now, all right. So you haven't been playing much Legacy, Frankie. Um, I, I'm so tired of seeing miracles. And, like, the only other one that really bothers me is, like, at the end of the match when, like, it's time, it's turn, it's it's turn five, and, like, you show me and treat the angels. I cast that shit 15 minutes ago. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. But, yeah. What, what's your play style, Frankie? Are you control, aggro, mid-range? Well, the thing I like about Magic is that there's... So many options. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll play, I'll play any type of decks, basically. Okay. Just all over the place. I'm, uh, yeah. t- I, I didn't know Tinker Blightsteel was a control play. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on what the shell is. I mean, if, if you're doing Tinker Blightsteel on turn one, it's, it's probably combo. If you're doing Tinker Blightsteel on turn 20, it's probably control. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, like I said, I'm not terribly familiar with vintage. I, I mean, like, as much as I love learning about legacy, I got to imagine that the things I would need to learn about vintage would take me so much more time than I could invest. And and no, you're 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 actually uh, you are a subcontracted software developer, right? Yeah. So it's not like you got a ton of free time either. Well, I work like nine to five basically, or no. more like eleven to seven. <laughs> eleven in the morning to seven at night. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's not terrible. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm there. I'm starting up the uh, the 12:30 to 11 o'clock at night shift pretty soon. I'm pretty pumped about that because oh <laughs> I'm a night owl through and through. I will I will gladly do uh, legacy daily events on Moto at you know three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how did your test go, Jerry? Uh, I passed. I'm I'm free, guys. So nice. you know we can we can have our leaving a legacy episodes uh, as as we see them. No me no more of me just you know disappearing into the void so, uh, <laughs> to learn regulations. So Frankie, Jerry, uh, Jerry's been studying for a, a some sort of a test. He's a mutual friends trader. Uh yeah, stockbroker. It's it's basically a test to uh, basically get licensed to be a stockbroker. Yeah, and 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 I went to. Um, I work in a CNC machine shop. I do a lot of CNC programming and network management for the place. But um, what's what's CNC? I'm I'm not familiar with it. It's it's computationally numerically controlled. So it, what it really is is uh you know machines back in the day used to be like hand crank turn like if you took if you took a drill and cut the end of the point of it off you you have an end mill and like we just mill out metal. We, 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 it's basically taking a block of metal and sculpting away everything that's not the piece that you want. And then we do it okay. using, using like solid models and stuff. And, um, and what it does is it, it generates something called G code. And the code just runs down. And it's basically coordinates and it tells the machine where to move and how to sculpt. Um, so it's a lot of like computer stuff, but it's a lot of like mechanical nuts and bolts type of stuff too. So it's like reverse, okay. reverse 3D printing? Um, yeah, basically. Yeah, <laughs> layman's terms. Well, yeah, well, three D printing isn't really layman's terms either. So, three uh. <laughs> D printing is actually it's 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 that's new right now. <laughs> yeah, that's something that the boss wanted to get into just so that the guy that's running the machine can hold what he's trying to make. But I think like if we like I started setting up computers at all the CNC machines, and if the guys just kind of knew how to, like I could show them how to use SolidWorks. They'll be able to just see the model on the computer. We don't have to waste the material on three on three uh, D printing, but we could actually make prototypes for engineering anyway. It's it's but that all that has absolutely nothing to do with magic. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yep, and over my head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, so Frankie, so you're not you're not really playing Legacy anymore. Do you do you watch the coverage of it? Um, have you guys heard the news about SCG changing up their open series? Yeah, I this like I kind of like I I'm not playing. Like, I'm not playing, uh, Legacy, but, like, I'll kind of, like, follow a little bit, you know, what's happening, yeah. you know. So, like, the decks that you've mentioned, you know, like, I'm aware that they're out there, but, uh, that, that's what I, I don't, feel. I don't know the, the, the specifics, you know, like, I couldn't tell you which deck won the last open. That's right, I couldn't either, and I right. love Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's why I feel a lot of people are kind of upset with the change with the SCG, is I feel the majority of Legacy fans kind of fit your role, Frankie, where they don't really get to play it that often, but they kind of live vicariously uh, through the coverage and just hearing about the word of mouth, and uh, a lot of that came from SCG in the Open Series, and SCG basically came out in an announcement, If for those of you who haven't seen it, uh, they're changing up the Open Series so it's more like a GP. They're having day one and day two instead of standard on Saturday, legacy on Sunday. And the formats are rotating. So, but 90% of it is standard with the occasional legacy and modern sprinkled in. Okay. And they're still having a legacy IQ where, um, not IQ, but, uh, premier event, what they've been doing with the modern $5,000 tournament just uh, off to the side. But it's not going to get coverage anymore. 
And that's where a lot of people are upset is because they were getting their legacy fix and they were just living vicariously through the SCG open stream of legacy. And that looks like it's going to die out. And people are really afraid of what that's going to do to the legacy format without that, you know, constant stream of information. I get it, cause yeah, I can imagine like, you know, we're, we're lucky and I get to, I get to go play every Sunday. I can imagine if I couldn't, you know, and, and I still wanted to play Legacy and I, that, then, then the stream would mean more to me. You know, exactly. There's, there's sometimes where I'll come home on a Sunday and I, maybe I'll just flip on the top eight of SCG just to see what's playing and usually it ends up being like Miracles versus, oh my god, I was watching Miracles versus Painter and they were in minute 75 on game two, I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even watching this. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can't really, I can't really talk in my, my SCG top eight. Uh, I think it went to, uh, 80 minutes before it ended. Mm. Death, death and taxes versus bug. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's just the every week miracles thing. Like, I, I, what did I see this weekend? It was, um, I, some, uh, somebody, oh, uh, blue red, blue red, what, Delver pyromancer thing, uh, monastery swift spear. Put down sulfuric vortex and uh, the guy playing miracles like he he passed the turn. The guy went drew a card, cast the top real quick and like sk- oh, took his upkeep in about two seconds. And then they had to have a judge determine whether the sulfuric vortex was a mistrigger. Yeah, and I'm like that was so slimy. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean was... exactly. I mean that's another thing. Um, the whole thing with Alex Bertoncini and um, what was the other guy who got caught on camera? Without uh, you know, yeah, SCG showing these and having that video archive, maybe some of these people would have got a, gotten away with it. You know, Bertoncini and. Uh, well, Humphreys was on Humphreys was on camera, but that was on modern. He wasn't. Yeah, not Humphreys. Uh, Botcher, because uh, oh, yeah, a lot yeah. of uh, the ones that uh, Botcher got caught with were in uh, Legacy Opens as well. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, regardless of what's being shown, I, I feel people are really nervous about what's going to go on happen without this coverage. Well, it's, it is one of the reasons why I enjoy the personal games <coughs> myself more. Yeah. If if I can take a shot at the question, you know, like uh, I yeah I find like. Like I was like just before Eternal Weekend went on, I I caught like I I'm like I I, I didn't watch it like every uh, every time, mm-hmm. but like whenever I would watch the uh, legacy coverage, that was like on like it would go late into Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Every time I would watch it, I would be like, oh damn man, I need to play, <laughs> I need to yeah. play Legacy <laughs> and. And like just before the, I went out to Eternal Weekend, I I had tuned in and I I saw like, um, there was a guy that was playing, uh, he was playing Bug, but it wasn't it wasn't Delver, it was like Shardless Agent and mm-hmm. uh, Shardless Bug basically, yeah, mm-hmm. is what they call the deck. And like I saw like I saw the guy playing that game and like. Bouncing a creature with Jace, then having Liliana to have the yeah. guy discard it right after. I'm like, damn, I want to play this format. Oh, exactly. God. That deck is so much fun. But like, <laughs> like, I, like, every time I watched the coverage on Sunday, I was always kind of like drawn into the format. And if they're gonna, if they're gonna stop that, like, I feel it's, it's too bad, you know, like, it's, yeah. cause it was, I, like I, I like I liked watching uh, Legacy on camera. Yeah, and well, uh, it's it's it seems like a little bit of a misplay to put it like on on the back seat. I, I don't know, like especially after the GP. 
Cause they're like they're in a tough. At the same time, I can understand the situation that that like the the one day tournament are getting to be too long and right. They're, I they're kind of like trying to solve that as well. I don't know. Right, I, I like the format that they're doing. It is definitely cool that they're going to a GP style. I just almost feel the best solution, though it's probably impossible just because of the amount of manpower it would take, is for SCG to have separate streams, to have a main event stream, but then also a legacy stream. No, they, uh, may, they may go to that. I mean, my ideally that's that's what would happen. But I just also feel it's kind of a mistake because I don't know if you heard, but GP New Jersey broke all of SCG's viewer records. The stream for it, you know, they had they had something like 25,000 people at one point uh, watching Legacy on the SCG stream, which is crazy. That I didn't realize. So it, it is really sad that this hugely successful uh, format, because you don't need to have a Legacy deck to watch the Legacy stream. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the biggest barrier to the format, it, Legacies I still think is one of the best, uh, it may be vintage may top it, but, uh, I, I personally I feel watching Legacy matches is the most enjoyable because it's where the craziest stuff can happen. Yeah, well it's, it's, it's a very powerful format and it's, it's always interesting to watch. Right, and it's not even just, you know, like, show and tell Emrakul. You, you see that the first time, you're like, oh my god, that's awesome. But then you see it again, and you're like, oh, well, that's less impressive. But it's the little things, like you said, you know, Jace bounce your uh, your creature, and then Liliana make you discard it. It's these little interactions you never thought about on the surface that once you see him play, just kind of, like, blow you away with how cool they are and how that interaction works. Yeah, like, it's, it's certainly, like, that... It's it's tough to argue that like Legacy is not a fan favorite basically like it's 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 a huge like a lot of people love it like some people just just like for the entertainment value but it's it definitely has something going for it. I also got to imagine that just as a, as a company based on the secondary market that if if the decisions they made started to diminish the interest in Legacy, they'd stand to lose a lot of money themselves just as a reseller. Uh, that's where the conspiracy theorists come in. Um, so a lot of the, the tinfoil hat uh, people were saying that GP New Jersey was a big cover for SCG to unload all their uh, Legacy staples so that they could start phasing it out. I'm not saying I put any stock in that. I'm just saying that's what uh, the word around the Twitter wa- water cooler is. Oh, the, yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I, I don't, I don't really buy that, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think it, all the stores, uh, are the ones that stand to lose the most if Legacy dies, because they're the ones stuck holding on to all this product that they can't move anymore, that they bought for hundreds of dollars, and if, you know, you know, God forbid, worst case scenario, it, it becomes worthless. Except for the stores that actually host the events. Yeah. Yeah. But like I, I I don't think like I don't think there's a real threat of legacy dying. Like there's still like the G like you when you have such a huge GP in New Jersey, it's like it's not like you can see that the people still care about it. You know, so yeah, right. but it's the, the it, whole G- it's, it sucks that it like it was getting so much exposure from SCG. So yeah, it sucks that it's gonna it's gonna decrease. Yeah, I, I think the, the European scene is a good comparison because Europe has the Bazaar of Moxon, it gets a GP every once in a while, so, but they don't have like a circuit that the US has with SCG. 
Um, and what you can see in Europe is that there's these pockets of players that play all the time. They just don't really get the exposure. And so I feel if SCG stops the coverage, what that's going to cause is for much more uh, centralized, highly focused metagames. Where instead of there being these, you know, top decks that everyone's playing, you know, Legacy already has a higher metagame per region than standard or modern. But without the SCG coverage, I feel that's just going to be magnified. That you can go to one state and, you know, everyone's playing Charbelcher and then you go to another state and everyone's playing Burn and you go to another state and everyone's playing, you know, blue-white control. Well, I think, I think like, I think that SCG knows that legacy is important, and so like maybe they are, they're they're pulling back on it a little bit now. But I think in the long run, it, it's gonna like it's gonna come back in somewhere in one form or, or another, basically. Yeah. So, are you for or against the uh, reserve list? I'm uh, against the reserve list, even okay. though I own all the cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's funny, because I find that the people I talk to who are for the reserve list are, strangely enough, the people who don't really have the cards. You know, I own 95% of Legacy Staples because I was fortunate enough to get in on them when they were really cheap, and I'm 100% for getting rid of the reserve list because that just means I get to use those cards that much more often. And yeah, exactly. And I don't know, did you listen to uh, the most recent uh, Heavy Meta? Because they were kind of talking about how, with Power Creep, modern cards uh, were getting to the point where, you know, Legacy is basically just Force of Will and Dual Lands, and everything else is a modern card just because of Power Creep. And I feel eventually that's what it's going to come to, is that it's just the reserve list. Everything that's on the reserve list is the barrier to entry into Legacy, and then everything else is just modern cards that you can play with anyways. Yeah, well, I I was of the uh, like for modern, I was of the opinion that they should have uh, they should have banned the fetch lands basically. Really? Yeah, make a more distinct format than legacy. Yeah, just to yeah, just to make it uh, different than uh, than legacy. It's and it's right. like it's like uh, also like. When like when standard was like the shock lands and the uh, the M10 lands, you know that uh, come into play on tap if you control like uh, uh, the the buddy lands. The buddy lands, yeah, exactly. Like when standard w- had these and the shock lands, like the mana was perfect, basically. Right. So it's like you could have like a you could have like a similar mana base in. In I, modern, I, and like you wouldn't, you wouldn't lightning bolt yourself on turn one every game, you know? Exactly, and it, it's also, if I'm playing with fetch lands, I also want to be playing with brainstorm. That's the biggest thing holding me back from modern, is that it's like legacy, but it's not. You know, I don't get to play with force of will, I don't get to play with brainstorm, I don't get to play with jace, but it has all these other things that remind me of legacy, but just make me realize the things I'm missing. Whereas if Modern didn't have fetch lands, it would better separate in my mind, this is a completely different format, I should approach it in a different way, instead of just approaching it as, you know, everyone's favorite term for it is just legacy light. Yeah, exactly, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that, I, I'm entirely behind. Yeah, like, it I'd- shouldn't be, it shouldn't be legacy light, exactly. It should be its own distinct format. Yeah, I've never really thought about it that way, that's, that's a good point. And uh, like the like to me the lands are like the it it's kind of like the base of of it you know 
Mm-hmm. Like the fetch, like because the thing is, like the fetchland shockland interaction and the and the fetchland dual land interaction, like it's the same, right? Yeah, just, exactly. Like, you take damage, but like that, it's kind of like it's kind of ridiculous that you can kill yourself, you know, <laughs> by playing your lands, you know. Yeah, I was. Uh, I think in my first modern tournament, uh, I was like, turn one, I go Gataxian probe, fetch. Fetch a dual lands uh, uh, preordain. I'm like, oh my god, I, my opponent hasn't even gone yet, and I'm on 15. How is this yeah. a format? I hope he's not playing burn. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, I think banning fetch lands would actually do a lot because everyone's complaining right now about uh, treasure cruise and dig through time being crazy powerful in the format. If you got rid of fetch fetch lands, that would drastically reduce their power too. Yeah, yeah, that's that's another point. And like and like me right now, I'm kind of like staying away from modern because like I don't really know where how where the format stands, you know, with these uh, with these Delve cards, you know, taking over. Yeah, I just play Storm in modern because I decided that I don't want to have to learn the modern format at all. So I looked at what the most uninteractive deck possibly was that just let me goldfish, and I just settled on Storm. Because it also reminded me the most of just playing Legacy. <laughs> How how's uh, how's Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time doing in uh, in Legacy? Uh, they're doing well. It's people are going back and forth, and I think people are really experimenting with uh, Dig Through Time a lot more. People have kind of, I feel, maxed out the potential of Treasure Cruise. They know how good it is and, you know, what makes it as good it is. So they really feel, you know, the Delver decks take advantage of that the most. But people are really starting to come through with some cool dig-through time lists. Uh, right now I'm playing a Grixis list uh, that runs four Young Pyromancer, uh, two Dak Faden, which is amazing with uh, dig-through time and Treasure Cruise. Uh, and Ocean Thief, apparently. Yep, and Ocean Thief. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's similar. It's similar. I don't know if you saw any of the the deck lists from the Grand Prix, but Ely uh, Cassis, who's a, a Legacy Mastermind in the New England area, designed this Grixis control list. And Dak Faden's the Planeswalker from Conspiracy, uh, who's yeah, yeah. I I know, I know, I know. I I saw like. They were doing it in vintage as well, so. Yeah, yeah, he's seen him playing in vintage. Yeah, he's, he's definitely got underrated, but he came to fruition with, uh, the Delve cards just because being able to get a free, uh, careful study every turn is amazing. So the Grixis list is so much fun because you get the combo of Young Pyromancer, Gitaxian Probe, Cabal Therapy, which just destroys your opponent's hands. Uh, plus Dak Faden filling up your graveyard, and then Dig Through Time just finding you the pieces you need to keep going. Or um, the list I'm running now runs uh, three Treasure Cruise, two Dig Through Time to kind of get a split of just gas and also selection. Uh, but just to, earlier tonight, I was playing on Moto and I versed a uh, Omniscience deck, and Dig Through Time's crazy in that deck because before they land the Omniscience, uh, they uh, can dig through time to find the combo pieces or the protection they need, and then once they have an uh, omniscience in play, then they just get to play the dig through times for free without having to worry about delving, and that finishes off the combo that they need, getting the Enter the Infinite uh, or the Emrakul or another Force of Will or whatever they need, so it basically means they get to run less combo pieces and more consistency makers. So dig through times really coming to 
its own with the combo decks, making them more streamlined, being able to run less pieces, which means there's less dead draws. They have more cantrips to kind of filter the deck through. Yeah. The only other thing it actually got me thinking about, Frankie, was uh, with everybody playing Dig Through Time and Treasure Cruises to start trying to play Blue-White Land still again, where I'm using Rest in Peace, but not out of... Uh, it's, it's really out of my own game plan. It just has peripheral damage against every deck that's trying to cast Treasure Cruise on turn two. Yeah, I, I feel just Dig Through Time and Treasure Cruise are good in Legacy, but not to the extent that they're crazy good in Modern, just because Legacy players have more tools to fight them. You know, if if Modern had Force of Will, and you could Force of Will your opponents Dig Through Time or Treasure Cruise, it'd be a different story. Or even Red Elemental Blast, for that matter. Because you can't even do that in Modern. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you can only guttural response, man. What a fucking... Yeah, that's a joke. <laughs> yeah. Well, the one that actually did sound, uh, I mean, I'm not terribly familiar with Valid, but the, um, I'm not terribly familiar with Modern, but the one that did actually sound Valid was the idea when somebody cast Treasure Cruise to remand it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Re- Remand that has the positive interaction with it. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty good. But, yeah, I, I don't know what they're gonna, I mean, it's definitely gonna get banned in Modern. I, the way the GP shook up and the way the metagame's adapting, I think it would be healthy for Legacy if they got rid of those cards, but I don't think they will, because I don't think they're enough of a problem anymore. To kind of sum that up, the way I look at Treasure Cruise is the same way that people were looking at Jace when Jace first came out. People didn't like Jace because it felt like whoever resolved Jace first won the game, and that's kind of how people feel with Treasure Cruise. Whoever gets the first Treasure Cruise off wins the game the majority of the time. It it did seem that way Sunday, actually, from playing the the Patriot Stoneblade deck. Yeah. I mean, both of the bug mirrors were, were both doing treasure cruises. I just happened to counter theirs and resolve mine. Yeah. Frankie, is uh, Dig Through Time and Treasure Cruise seeing playing Vintage too? I, I mean, I assume so, but is there like specific decks that they're going into, or is it just going into everything? Well, at Eternal Weekend, like, there were like, uh, it was like, it was a card that was seen like all around, but like, it still hasn't kind of like settled, but like, <laughs> the, the, yeah, the Young Pyromancer and the, um, the Delver decks, you know, like, the, it goes right into that, basically. Right. But is, that a de- is that a deck in Vintage? Yeah, yeah, it is, and it's, uh... Yeah. That's a, no, you know, the, is a deck in you've, Vintage. <laughs> you've, you've, uh, you've probably heard of uh, Vintage Super League, right? I've heard of it, but I'm not terribly familiar with what it is. It's basically the like they took like it's like eight like Hall of Fame pro player guys that are playing vintage. Yeah, it's and like Tom they're Martin, they're, oh, they're, they're streaming it, and it's like yeah, it's like uh, Bob Marr, uh, Efro, Tom um, Martell, LSV. Um, the two like there were two vintage guys. Uh, Rich Shea and uh, Steven Menendian. Yeah, uh, yep. And uh, the rest were like pro players, and the whole the guy who kind of started it is uh, Randy Bueller. Okay. So like, what they did is they did a league, and they played like amongst themselves, and uh, they were streaming that. So like, when uh, when cons came out, they started kind of like. Throwing, uh, throwing like the the Delve cards into their deck a little bit, and mm-hmm. 
And basically, yeah, the, so like the Delver decks, the Delver Young Pyromancer deck, they like Treasure Cruise, and the combo decks, they go towards more um, Dig True Time. Yeah, right. Okay. right. Wow, so that Young Pyromancer Monastery Delver deck actually goes through There's modern no, legacy like, and vintage. <laughs> the, they don't play, I haven't seen this, the, the Monastery Swift Spear. It's okay, like, alright. It's Delver Pyromancer mostly that are played. All right, so it's still set through modern legacy and vintage, though. Yeah, but it's still, yeah, it's still kind of like the same. Uh, well, the yeah. same engine. Yeah, <laughs> we were actually uh, talking in the last episode, Frankie. How would you feel if they banned Delver from uh, from Legacy? Yeah, from Legacy. Um, I just... wouldn't. I wouldn't. Like there, it wouldn't be a problem. I find. Yeah, just because I I feel. Uh, I can hardly remember Legacy from before Delver, um, just because it's it, yeah, it's like it's like this overarching presence that you can't really remember a time before cell phones, so you can't really remember a time before Delver. It's like what like, what did what, we what, do before? Like what I don't like about uh, what, what I don't like about Delver is that it's blue. <laughs> that's yeah, that's the big problem. So you like you like, like Wild Nakata with flying, but not, like, not Delver. <laughs> Like, don't they know that uh, blue is already good? That it doesn't need a three-two flyer for one. The the one I keep thinking about is the only blue aggro deck should be Merfolk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. That makes sense. I think uh, what they need to do is just make some good legacy playable red white cards. Because I was looking the other day, and Arid Mesa <laughs> is more expensive than Plateau. <laughs> <laughs> think think of like Delver. Like Dover Secret is like the two like the the two best red cards that were printed are Delver Secrets and uh, uh, Strangle Root Geist. These yeah. are like best guard, red guards they've ever made. Or Snapcaster Mage. Everyone's a Snapcaster Mage. Yeah, should have been red. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, Snapcaster Mage. Yeah. So that's the. Those are the best red cards, and they just gave it to Blue and Green. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, Come on. Yeah, I, I miss Zoo. I really wish Zoo would come back into the format, but I just don't think it can with Delver. It's like, why would you play Zoo when you can just play Mono Blue with Force of Will? You get all the same benefits than plus counter magic. All right, I got a flashback for a second and see. Frankie, do you remember, uh, what is, what is Zoo beat? What does Zoo beat? Yeah. Wasn't it bad players? <laughs> <laughs> Old school reference. <laughs> oh yep. man, but yeah, I think it would be healthy for the format if they banned Delver, just because it's. I'm also just sick of, you know, looking at the, the breakdowns and it's like Delver decks, thirty percent of the format. And sure, there's like five or six different Delver decks, but they're all Delver decks. I don't care if it's Grixis Delver or Bug Delver or uh, Rug Delver or what have you. It's it's all just Delver at the end of the day. It's just different flavors. You know, get some creativity in there and ban Delver and make people come up with a different win condition. Yeah, like, I'd, I'd be... Like, whatever, like... Whatever makes the format more diverse, you know, I, I'm all for. Yeah. So, if you could go to a legacy tournament tomorrow, what would you play, Frankie? Honestly, I'd play that Grixis deck you're talking about. <laughs> Dude, it's so much fun. <laughs> you're you're gonna was... have you're gonna have to send me a deck list now. 
Yeah. Uh, you know what? Here, I'll even I'll put one in the show notes here for you, Frankie. Um, if you open up the chat, I'll get it there in a second because we were talking about it this weekend. There's a guy down here um, who was playing that deck, and we were messing around uh, at one of the stores nearby, and the guy that owned that store was actually playing my blue white landstill deck against it. And um, there's apparently deck fading in it, but there's also main deck notion thief. So you cast a notion thief and then make your opponent draw the cards with a deck with a from Dak Faden, and you get to draw two, and they'd have to discard two? Yeah, that's pretty disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty nice. Um, I'll send you a screenshot. I have it together on Moto, too, if you ever want to give it a whirl. Uh, I was playing it earlier, and it's so much fun. Um, but yeah, it, it, do you know who Ely uh, Cassis is? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think he's like the owner of Jupiter Games or something, is that it? <laughs> Yeah, he sold it, but yeah, he used to, uh, he's known in the legacy community as like the most pimped out, um, uh, player, just because of his decks are amazing. Um, I don't know where he got it, but he was able to track down an uncut set of revised, and actually took it to like a print shop and had them cut it, uh, so that it was, uh, you know, uh, you know, like r- miscut. So he has like fetchland, uh, uh, sorry, not for, dual lands that are a quarter of all different cards so they're like extreme miscuts because he had them you know purposely miscut to be that way <laughs> that's but that's yeah interesting yeah so i mean he he's also a, a genius deck builder um back when they were tracking ratings he had a 2200 limited rating uh from the dci corp um so i think i think we might have had him on uh on crazy talk. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. He, he's very su- well known in the legacy uh, community. I'd be surprised if I don't remember. I bet I go back and listen to him all again and see if I find. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I trust you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Frankie, do you have the chat open? Yeah, yeah, I do. I just saw the link. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is actually the deck that uh, that these that they, these guys have been playing. I like. Oh, I like sudden demise. Yeah, yeah, that's a spicy one up there. Yeah, that's a card that I I saw. I almost considered playing it in my um, in my vintage deck because, like, for the uh, against the young pyromancers, you know, you just uh, oh. I ended up going with Toxic Delusions then. Okay. Yeah, I I do like the Sudden Demise just because it's a one sided draft. Because when you're running Young Pyromancers too, you want to be able to wipe their board while leaving yours untouched. But um, just kind of the highlights of the deck are really just the uh, the Cataxian Probe Cabal Therapy. That combo itself is just pretty underrepresented. And then when you throw a Young Pyromancer in there, it's just pure value. Yeah, yeah, like you really get them with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've been playing Get Probe and Cabal Therapy for a while in Tenfins, but it, it didn't even dawn on me, Jerry, until you mentioned it that when you actually do that with a young Pyromancer, you have so much information. You have a double live Cabal Therapy. Oh yeah, for for free because you have Young Pyromancer, you probe, you get a token, so you probe them, know it's in their hands, so you Cabal Therapy, yeah. hit hit get one of their cards, token. get another token. Sack one of the tokens, flashback yeah. of all therapy. End of the day, you've stripped two cards out of their hand. You've gotten two tokens, and you're down one card because your taxing probe also drew you a card. And, you, and they're looking at four damage already. Yeah, so it's it's you know depending on how much value you associate with a one for one, say it's a half a card. So mm. you basically get a three for one. You trade a cabal therapy uh, for you know 
uh, two cards out of their hands, plus you get two tokens, and you get a fresh card off Gataxing Probe. It's it's just pure value when it pulls off that way. Yeah, I gotta get a card. Yeah, there's no way they're coming out of it uh, anything than deeply fucked, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. And do you know, do you know how to, the best way to play Cabal Therapy? Uh, uh, Frankie? Uh, so, enlighten me. <laughs> so I, I had this, this piece of advice, uh, shared with me about Cabal Therapy. So, uh, when you're playing Cabal Therapy, what you do is you close your eyes and you think to yourself, what is it that I'm most afraid of? And then you say what you're most afraid of out loud as you're casting Cabal Therapy. And it works every time. So at the tournament on Sunday, I was versing Bug, and game one I got crushed by his Tarmogoyce because the one problem with this deck is Lightning Bolt's your only removal, really, so it's very hard to get rid of a Tarmogoyce for a Batter Skull. So game two, I'm on the play, and I don't have uh, Gitaxian Pro, but I do have Cabal Therapy. So I just go Underground Sea, Cabal Therapy, Tarmogoyce. And he reveals his hand, and there's three Tarmogoyfs in his hand. Oh, my God. Oh! <laughs> so I'm just like, yes, this is why I do this. <laughs> it, that actually did work for me when I was uh, – I took that tip from you, Jerry, at one of the Grand Prix trials where I was uh, low on life through a Grizzlebrand combo, and I couldn't quite finish it off this turn. I had to blind name Cabal Therapy. I had to blind name a card off Cabal Therapy and said Lightning Bolt. He had two in hand. Yeah. <laughs> I was dead if he untapped. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the deck, the deck is so much fun. You just, um, what I learned, um, the hard way over, uh, at the tournament though was this deck plays Young Pyromancer very differently than the blue red deck. The blue red deck just tries and jam young pyromancer and get as much value off of him as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. This deck, you don't play young pyromancer until you're ready to win the game. Because really? it's your only win condition, you really have to save it for when you're absolutely certain that he's safe. You know what? Okay, here's a little cute thing from this deck. This deck playing against my blue white landstill deck, I actually, cause I wasn't playing it, I was letting somebody else play it. I actually watched these two guys playing and one guy had it got to it got to the point where the game was going so long somebody was going to get decked soon, and the guy playing my blue white landstill deck cast standstill, and then he tried to cast something to make the deck fade and player draw cards to try to deck him, mm-hmm. and the deck fade and player in response cast like um, lightning bolt maybe or some yeah lightning bolt to try to get the standstill to bounce back so that he'd get decked first while he's trying to deck fade him out I'm like wow this is it was the most <laughs> interesting mill match yeah <laughs> to watch. and I, I like I've never seen I've never seen a stack fight to try to get somebody else to draw the cards off standstill. Yeah, I mean, Deck, Deck Faden, uh, I'm really excited to see what people brew up with him. Uh, one of my favorite combos with Deck Faden, unfortunately it's a, uh, $400 combo, is with, uh, Chains of Ephesophocles. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Ch- they were playing, they were playing that in, uh, in the Vintage Super League. Yeah. Oh boy. Because that, so, for those of you at home who don't know, if you have Dak Faden and Chains of Mephistopheles, what ends up happening is your opponent puts two cards from their hand on top of, uh, no, they, they discard four cards as the end result. Uh, with Chains oh, right. of Mephistopheles. So yeah. Yep, exactly. Because Chains of Mephistopheles reads that, uh, if you would draw extra cards, you have to discard that many cards. The, the best was still, uh, the chains facing a Sylvan library. Yeah. <laughs> we, there were 11 judges at GP Boston trying to figure that out, Frankie. 
<laughs> it was punishing John Play, Chainsaw Mephistopheles, Shardless Bughead, Sylvan Library out. <laughs> it ended up being, uh, what, like five minutes later, because the Shardless Bug player didn't have any cards in hand, and he's like, I'm just not going to trigger it. Because he was, he was like, going to have to can, draw three, put two back, and take eight. <laughs> yeah, it's like, can I please miss the trigger? <laughs> it was, it was, it was awkward. It was, it was, uh, that's the stuff that I like to see, is those odd interactions that everybody scratches their head and tries to figure out what's supposed to happen here. Yeah. That's that's kind of why I like um, the new Red Planeswalker from the Commander sets, uh, Doretti. Or Dimitri, I don't know how to pronounce it, but he also has an ability like uh, Dak Faden's, except it's kind of reverse. You can discard up to two cards and then draw that many cards. Huh. Um, so I'm kind of brewing up a, uh, a Goblin Welder deck with those two, because I, I just think, I don't think it's going to be competitive at all, but it definitely looks fun. Wow. Yeah, it is a game, so uh, you're encouraged <laughs> to try to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Sage advice. Sage advice from Frankie. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Well, hold on. Man, you're lucky you didn't go to Jersey, Frankie. I think everybody got sick. I, I think I'm the only one who escaped it. I, I was kind of afraid sitting in the tournament on Sunday because it, it looked like it was a uh, like the infirmary ward at a hospital. <laughs> Everyone keeling over. I gotta keep muting my mic because I keep coughing. Anyway, I think uh, it's getting close for me to get ready to spend some time with the wife here. Yeah, yeah, yeah son, sons of anarchy, eh? Yeah, I think it's actually, it's not on tonight. For some reason, FX is doing Madagascar back to back to back to back to back to back. Uh, now, see, actually, Madagascar, uh, little known fact, is the prequel to Sons of Anarchy. It'll, it'll all come together. So, so, Frankie, uh, one thing, I don't, I don't know if you've actually ever bothered what, to listen to this. Go ahead. Well, what is, what is this show that you guys are doing anyway? This is just a, it's a podcast called Leaving a Legacy. It's just, it's something that's on MTG Cast, but that actually answers my question. I was going to say, I don't know if you ever actually listen to this show. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, so we, one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on is because Crazy Talk was a big influence. Um, here's, here's the, yeah, here's the thing, Frankie, for me, is like, when I started playing again, I went right to Legacy, and Crazy Talk was the only Legacy podcast out there, and when you guys stopped casting, there hasn't been one since. And the only one I could actually find is um, it's called Legacy Breakfast out of uh, out of the United Kingdom. But the, the neat thing is that they, they play at a place in Worcester, but it's Worcester in the United Kingdom. We play in Worcester, but it's Worcester, Worcester Massachusetts. Um, so after you know after after GP Boston when KYT and Scotty Mac came down, um, I, I I was talking to him. I really wanted to see Crazy Talk come back because really this is fucking like. No, no lie. The two things I, like, I go to work and I listen to podcasts at this machine shop, and I listen to podcasts a lot. And the two things that I think really are missing on the podcast airwaves is you and Medina. <laughs> like, and, and I, I mean, Hain and Medina used to bounce off each other a lot in Crazy Talk, and that was cool and all. And then, you know, when Crazy Talk stopped and, and, and the A-team started doing their thing, um, Medina was a big part of the A-team for me, like, just listening to it, um... You know, not so much Smitty, um, it, but when Medina stopped, when he, when he had to step away from doing the casts altogether, like, there's been a, a period of time where there wasn't Frankie and there wasn't Medina, <laughs> and, like, 
there's something like you went I, into deep depression. Eh? <laughs> I did, man. I got really fucking sad. But like every once in a while, I get to hear like you and Martin, Martin Brunet is really fucking cool to listen to. Um, and like and and I was joking a while back. I I tweeted something like because I don't even know if you actually noticed, but at a certain point, I would do like a a quote of the day, and then I'd put like hashtag bring back crazy talk, and it would be something from like one of the crazy talk episodes I was listening to at the time. And once upon a time, there was something where like. Um, Medina was trying to say something and, and Hayne was giving him shit about it. He's like, Spirit, he's like, well, I'm trying to, but KYT won't shut his mouth. And like, this was like episode 24, and I don't think KYT talked for like the next 75 episodes of Crazy Talk either, or, or the A Team. And like, and, um, but there's like certain things that were like so cool about it, but one of the things I really missed was Legacy. And, and so after GP Boston, me and Jerry started talking a little bit and trying to do something on Skype. And, um, what we found is that the guys that we play with, they like listening to it. So, like, they don't listen to MTG Cast or anything. But after I do this show, I email it out to them, and then I post it up on MTG Cast. So, like, there's feedback from both places. Um, but one of the things I really think is, like, I, I really just on, on the air just miss listening to you and Medina anyway. And, uh, you know, I know Medina hasn't hasn't gone back towards casting at all and i've heard you on uh heavy meta and like that that was cool because i'm like oh shit there's frankie you know and like um but so this is just something that me and jerry were doing that's pretty much legacy focused but we kind of talk about any format really and, and any cards really but uh yeah, it's just, you know, if you listen to enough podcasts, you just start wanting to make your own. Uh, I was kind of the same way. I never got a chance to listen to Crazy Talk, uh, because I came in kind of halfway through the A-Team and saw uh, Heavy Meta kind of form out of uh, the, the ashes of that. So I just kind of really liked that idea and just the community aspect of it. Uh, and, you know, I definitely noticed that there isn't really much legacy talk on uh, the podcast, and it was just a whole we figure that, well, if no one else is going to fill it out, we might as well try as as poorly as we do. <laughs> and, and and that was one of the things where, like, you know, for me, the, the where the first legacy cast I was listening to was Crazy Talk. You know, you are, you're like, fucking one of the godfathers of this thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, really, you know. It's, like, I, I, I feel like I need to, like, go back and find these archives, because Adrian just tells me just all these crazy <laughs> talks quotes that go over my fucking, head, and I have no idea what he's talking about. You gotta, oh, listen, <laughs> Jerry, go back and listen to him, man. It's a fucking riot. Oh, yeah, man. yeah, you'll have, it'll be like your, um... You're training, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna be doing um, backflips. But like, yeah, but <laughs> like the thing that kind of happened with Crazy Talk is that like we, like, the thing is like me, I I try to play like the PTQ seasons and so on. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, what what kind of happened at one point is that like we were doing a podcast about Legacy, but we weren't playing Legacy anymore. So it's <laughs> it was kind of awkward, you know. Right, right. You keep like to keep the ball rolling, and then like other like there was like <laughs> the tension with Medina and Alex was uh, <laughs> it got awkward at times, you know. That's the running theme with Medina. <laughs> yeah, because I guess him and Bush would go back and forth, but no, him and Alex always fucking played off each other. Oh like, man, they really fought <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Yeah, it is definitely hard to have a podcast about a format that you don't really play. <laughs> well, so, so then let me ask you, Frankie, is there, is there any reason that you didn't cast with, with, uh, the A-Team when they started? 
Uh, well, the thing is, like, no, but the uh, A team started before Crazy Talk, basically. Was was it? It wasn't much before, though, was it? It was. It was a little bit before. It was. Uh, I think him. Yeah, it was. I must have gone back and like listened to the first episodes then, because maybe I started listening to, like episode five. Because I remember the first one they were talking about a magic cruise, and they were all upset about a magic cruise. And I, I was wondering why I was listening to him, but I knew I was listening to him because I remembered listening to KYT from Crazy Talk. But like, what? Well, yeah, the way the A team started before, and then uh, it was it was KYT's idea to do a legacy podcast because he 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 had the same reflection as you did. He said, "There's no legacy podcast out there." Maybe we should do it. And when we started, we had like we were kind of like we were planning to attend a legacy GP. Yeah, a GP Atlanta. Kind of like it was. It wasn't Atlanta. It was. Uh, it was Providence. Uh, was it? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah, Providence was Wait. the year before Atlanta. Okay. Anyway, so that that's when it started. We were kind of like building up toward Providence, and then we kept going a little bit after that. Mm-hmm. But then eventually, like, we were more kind of, like, invested in, like, playing uh, SEAL tournaments, standard tournaments. Okay. Uh, like, modern, modern, uh, I don't know where modern fits into, I think, I think I, it was before modern. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was before, it was before modern was a format, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. The community, like, there's a great community around the game, so like, I'm not, I'm not surprised like that people like want to talk about it and like doing a podcast is fun sometimes, you know. So it, it yeah. makes sense that like people, people get into it and it it, it just snowballs, you know. Top eight pairings have been posted. Anyway, I gotta get going soon and get ready for work in the morning because some of us gotta work at like 6 a.m. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not, not quite 11. <laughs> hey, I haven't started that shift yet. I'm on the 6 a.m. And I have to, um, apparently we're getting, uh, close to a foot of snow tomorrow, so that's gonna be fun. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so, Frankie, one thing that we do do on this cast, we don't do shout outs. Um, what we do do is a scoop into top eight. <laughs> Funny considering the topic that we discussed earlier. Who do you Yeah, scoop it is in? a little bit, right? So, is there anybody that you might like to theoretically scoop into top eight? Yeah, yeah, my mom. Oh, yeah? Because <laughs> No, no, I'd, I'd scoop my own mom. Come on. She's, she's amazing. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I, I owe it all to my mother. <laughs> there we go. There we she go. made me the nice guy that I am. Nice. Ah, oh, that's sweet. I'm gonna just go Frankie in the top eight. You're gonna scoop Frankie in the top eight? Damn, yeah. you stole mine. Oh, you fucking kidding me? I'm gonna <sighs> fine. I'm gonna do another general one. I'm gonna scoop in the uh, the Magic uh, Podcast community in the top eight because wow, everybody. Yeah, everybody. Scoop. Yeah, maybe not the bad ones. <laughs> Bring a ladle. That's a big scoop. Yeah, I mean it's a uh, it's a uh, new newfound territory. So let's see what we can do with the people. So yeah, Frankie, I want to I want to thank you for hanging out with us tonight. Yeah, um, me too. Well, th- thanks for inviting me. Like, uh, you made me feel like I was someone again, you know. <laughs> Frankie, you're Not a just a podcast has been, you know. <laughs> well, anytime you want to be a, an has been again, you, you're all, you always uh, are welcome to come on and say hello. Yeah, you ever want to hang out, talk vintage, legacy, 
Anything, man. Uh, the door's always open. You don't gotta kick it in like that. <laughs> yeah, now, now you have to buy new hinges and, you know, that, that was a nice clog in the door that I have to replace. Are you really gonna do the <laughs> uh, Oh yeah. I, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see. I Adrian's don't, editing I, skills are pretty Don't miss my hopes and then dis- disappoint me, Adrian. <laughs> Oh, oh, no. oh, 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 all right. Now, if you want me to, that's a different thing. Here's, here's one thing, Frankie. Um, you know, it, anytime anybody does anything like this, and this, this is all seriousness, you ever tell me to edit something out, I will. Um, you ever, and um, if you ever encourage me to do something, I'll do my best to get it done. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going yeah, to see if I can get something together in there anyway. Because, like, I, I'm, I shit you not, Frankie. I've listened to a lot of fucking podcasts from, like, Limited resources, um, of course the A team, heavy meta, and and there's like, you know I, I I love listening to Maddie, I love listening to fucking heavy metal, um, but like I I do miss listening to you and Medina, like there was just you, you guys like were personalities, you know what I mean? And like if if my day is lighter for that shit, um, I kind of like I guess I kind of feel like I owe a debt of gratitude to begin with, but like this there's, there's a there's um there's a personality there, you know what I mean? And like, and uh, yeah, I just I don't, I don't. Well, yeah, that that guy he was like a bigger than life character, you know. <laughs> and like uh, and like at the same time, like he's he's just a regular dude, you know. So uh, yeah. like he he has something, he has something. And, yeah, and and uh, that was like also a big part of why Crazy Talk was such a success is because. We had we had him on, and he always had the, something to say, you know. Yeah, and, and like even, uh, you know, I've listened, you know, I've listened to the A Team for a fucking long time, but it wasn't until I actually got the chance to meet Scotty in person and to meet KYT in person and get a sense of like the kind of guys that they were that I actually had even like a, a more sense of respect for the show. You know what I mean? And, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it was it was it's been a cool experience getting to like. You know, after after leaving the game in like fucking fallen empires and spending twenty years not looking at magic cards, you know, of course the technology's changed now. It's not Scry Magazine anymore. I mean, shit's gone way beyond that. Um, but like, at the same time, I had my phone, my iPhone. I'm like, oh shit, I guess I could try to see if there's any magic podcasts. And shit, there was, you know. And yeah. like, that's it's 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 a brave new world, you know. And some of this is just uh. Some of the cool stuff that people put out, I appreciate. So, yeah, with, with uh, yeah. that, definitely scooping you into top eight. Sweet. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, we'll uh, send the episode out to you, Frankie, when we get it all uh, edited. It's it's on uh, MTG Cast too. Um, yeah, and if you, if you follow me on Twitter, I'll end up tweeting it as soon as they release it anyway on MTG Cast. <laughs> I, I, th- I thought I was following you, but then I, I wasn't, so I, I just added you both. Yeah, yeah, yeah I just got that. I did the follow back. And, um, yeah, if you want to... Uh, <laughs> and just... you know I was already following you, so what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, sh- I should have been. I thought I was following you, but I wasn't, apparently. But, like, we were still we were still talking to each other through the... Yeah, I just hit, I'll hit people up direct. Like, if I get something to say to somebody, I'll actually just tag them. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad to be following you guys now, and uh, hit me up on Twitter anytime. Yeah, oh, definitely. Same goes for you, man. Yeah, if you uh, if you want to test that Grixis deck on uh, Moto, hit me up. I got it for you. If you want to try it. 
And if you ever just want to pick up a microphone, let us know. Yeah, yeah, you got an outlet here. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's cool. So, uh, all right, I'll uh, I'll wait for the episode. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll let you know. All right, thanks, thanks again, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, take care, guys. The tournament is over and the store is closing. Feel free to see us during normal business hours by emailing the show at leavingalegacymtg at gmail.com. You can also find the host on Twitter with Adrian at Mathema Trickster and Jerry at JMEE3RD. You can also join the Leaving a Legacy Facebook group to stay connected.